0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to The Vanished ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today.
1: But she lied, and it caused my son's case to be closed. So many people, after part one of Vanished hit, so many people came forward. People are angry. They're angry at my son's case. And all these people calling detectives, like, how can you close the case? Like, how how do you close it when we have all this evidence? I don't think she realized that Chris has kind of a crazy mom, and I'm not stopping. Like, I'm not... I'm not going to stop. I'm... Everything that she says, does, I'm going to contradict with the truth.
0: 393 days. That's how many days 23-year-old Chris Turner has been missing from Las Vegas, Nevada. You heard his story in episode 83, and now you'll hear what's come to light since that aired back in July. In part one, you heard from Chris's mom, Dawn. She told us how Chris's girlfriend had been telling many different stories about the last time she saw him. Well, her stories have continued to change, and just days after the podcast aired, the police department closed Chris's case. Dawn has been left still searching for her son with no assistance from law enforcement. I'm Marissa, and this is episode 89 of The Vanished, part two of Chris Turner's story. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre, from bestsellers and new releases to celebrity memoirs, mysteries, and thrillers, and more. And my favorite part is that members can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. The Audible app makes it easy to listen anytime, anywhere, while traveling, working out, doing chores, you decide. I carve out a little bit of time each evening to listen while I'm cooking, and right now I'm listening to Lay Them to Rest by Laura Norton. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com MIA or text MIA to 500-500. That's audible.com slash MIA or text MIA to 500-500. If you haven't listened to the first episode about Chris, I suggest that you pause this here and go listen to that first. To give you a very brief recap, Chris went missing in August of 2016. His girlfriend Nikki has told different stories about him leaving on the morning of August 6. She stated that he went to a carpenter's union to look for work, and in another story, she said he left with a Bible. She also had a story about him being jumped the night before, which is proven to be untrue. Nikki reported him missing on August seventh, but didn't contact Chris's family until August 17. After the first episode about Chris aired, tons of people who knew Chris and his girlfriend Nikki began reaching out to Dawn with information. In part one, we said that the last time Chris was known to be alive was on the morning of the 6th when he Skyped with his son. Well, Destiny, who's the mother of his son, came forward and let Dawn know that he did not Skype with his son that morning.
1: Destiny told me, This is weird. In the beginning... Destiny told my cousin, Savannah, like, he Skyped baby Ryan on the 6th. And then a year later, when we get into contact with her, she says, no, he didn't. That didn't happen. Took my breath away. But Nicole never said he didn't Skype baby Ryan on the 6th. So it made me feel like she had a need to place him alive on the 6th when she told everybody that he went to the Carpenter's Union. But my cousin called me one day, and she's like, Dawn, have you looked at your calendar? And I go, no. She goes, August 6th of last year was a Saturday. They're not open. So whatever happened to my son, Like, I'm now placing him alive on the 5th.
0: So now we have no proof that Chris was alive and well on the 6th and we can now say that he was last seen on the 5th. We know that he was, in fact, seen on the 5th. If you remember, he had been going around the apartment complex knocking on doors looking for Nikki and got into a scuffle with another neighbor. Dawn has also learned that Chris had come out to his best friend John just two days before he went missing.
1: We're going to say the 3rd. Chris went to John and, I guess, came out as whether he was gay or bisexual, whatever, he talked to John about it. And then the sixth, or the fifth, is when he went banging on doors looking for Nicole. That night, I believe, he went missing.
0: I think this information about Chris coming out could be crucial to his case. It could possibly be the motive behind his disappearance. We know that his girlfriend was controlling... What if he had come out to her or tried to leave?
1: I'm not a controlling person, but my boyfriend came to me and said, maybe I want to be with men. I'd be a little upset. Nicole did not take rejection. She tried so hard. You didn't cross Nicole. And I think that if my son maybe was like, maybe exploring like, something else that would make him happy that didn't include her, I could see her flipping her lid.
0: Dawn told me about another tip that she's gotten from people who have come forward after hearing Chris's episode.
1: People have come forward saying the front end of her car is damaged. I've had people search that apartment complex. Um, The problem with social media is that Nicole gets word of when something's happening, she has a mole on the fine stage, So I brought up the car, and all of a sudden, the car's gone. There's no car. It's gone now. A listener
0: started talking to Nikki on social media, and she made a very disturbing statement to her.
1: And she got Nikki talking, and Nikki told her, like straight up, her words were. Chris's family doesn't deserve to know what happened to him because they didn't care in the beginning anyway. I, like, my heart broke. I was like, we've always been there, like. Some
0: of Nikki's friends have also come forward and let Dawn know that Nikki told them that Chris had committed suicide months after his disappearance.
1: Because see, Nicole now has said that in January... Chris committed suicide and I was planning a funeral for him and she wasn't sure. Like she was telling people, I'm not sure if I want to go because like the relationship with me and Donna is really hostile.
0: Probably the most shocking thing that's happened is that the Las Vegas Metro police closed Chris's missing persons case just days after the podcast aired. Why did they do this? Nikki's mom told them that she had seen Chris alive but the police department has not made contact with Chris to confirm that he is, in fact, alive and well.
1: Well, they closed Chris's case based on the fact that Nicole's mom said that she saw Chris alive. He came to the residence and caused problems. So they closed the case. And I was like, what? No evidence. Well, this is what happened, is Nicole's sister Facebooked my 17 year old and said, is Chris dead? So I automatically called Vegas Metro and said, why is this woman calling asking my daughter? They don't contact me. They always go through my, my, my daughter who is very timid. She's a really good victim to get information in and out of. And I've had to since like warn her, like, If somebody contacts you, like, you need to contact me so I can contact police. So I contacted Vegas Metro, and I said, Nicole's sister contacted Ashley asking, is Chris dead? So Sparks Police came to my house, and they talked to me about it, and I let them in on the case, and I said, why is this woman, like, why is her sister asking if Chris is dead. They went to Nicole's parents' house. And I believe that Nicole's mom is covering for her because she said, Chris came to our address causing problems. We've seen him alive. So I contacted detectives. I told them about your podcast because they keep switching detectives. I was like, I'm not going to go through a five-hour dialogue anymore. It's exhausting. So I told Detective Hernandez, I go, will you please listen to the podcast? Then I called a few days later. It was switched to Detective Denny. And I'm like, for real? So then I told him, will you please listen to the podcast? I was at work when I got news that his case closed. And I literally broke down like I lost it. I couldn't believe it's not a cold case.
0: Dawn told me why she feels that they closed his case.
1: I believe that I made them mad. My motive is to find my son, like his bones, his body. I want to find out what happened. My motive isn't to make Vegas Metro, but they've handled his case shitty. Like, they didn't search the apartment. They didn't search her car. I feel like our part one um, episode didn't make Vegas Metro look too good. That wasn't my intention. I was just being honest. I was being honest with my frustration of you didn't do your job. And if it was your child, you would have done it. So, you know, Hernandez came down on me very hard when I called him. Like, he was actually kind of an asshole. Like, made me cry at the end of the phone conversation because it's like, I just lost my son. He's like, do you understand? Like, I was just stepping in helping another detective. He's like, you didn't need to, like, bring me up. And. What did I do wrong? I'm a mom. I'm being honest. Nothing I say is a lie. Try Like, I'm not reaching out trying to make Vegas Metro look bad. But it's the truth. Like, you guys let my son down. And you're going based on, like, hearsay. And you close the case three Like, your podcast, part one, hit. And three days later, my son's case is closed. And then they gave me to Denny. And I was like, I literally broke down and cried. I'm like, please don't close this case. Please don't close my son's case. Like, I was an emotional wreck. And I was like, all this hard work that me and my family have done, like, you can't close his case. Like, you're not going to leave it cold. You're going to close his case. And I was like, did you listen to the podcast? And he's like, yes, we did. I'm mad that... We've had six or seven detectives in a year. Like, you're switching detectives every month. How are they going to possibly know all the details, like, of Nikki giving fake addresses? And I'm mad because she's the last person that saw my son alive, but she's not a suspect. Why is she not a suspect? If I went missing, the last person that saw me alive is going to be brought in. My only prayer, I know the second that that woman goes and sits and does interrogation, she's a horrible liar. Can't keep her story straight. So the second that she's brought in with detectives, they're going to know. How can you not bring this woman in for questioning? If it was a woman that went missing, she would have been interrogated in September.
0: I contacted the police department to confirm that his case was closed and also to ask them why. This is the answer that I got.
1: Okay, yeah, so that was a missing person's case. Yeah, I do show it as, as, as closed unless any other information becomes available. We always have to remember if there was no there was no circumstances that were and I'm sure the I'm sure mom will tell you whatever the case is but we as a missing adult we don't have if we were unable to have any leads or anything like that we just close the case and they don't get entered into the national system because if he was not listed as endangered people can go missing on their own accord
0: Kathy who's a listener of this show emailed them as well and this is the answer that she got The Las Vegas Metro Police Department has received your inquiry about the Chris Turner case Our case for Mr. Turner is closed. He was cited slash located, so one could say he is alive. We cannot release information of someone not involved in a report, and beyond that, adults can lead their own lives, even though there are people who are concerned about them. But they tend to be out of touch with people who would like to hear from them. Thank you for your concern about Mr. Turner. If you have any further questions or concerns, please call the Las Vegas Metro Police Department Missing Persons Detail at 702-828-2907. Don't you find it odd that they wrote, so one could say he's alive? It's also odd to me that they're telling us inconsistent stories about why his case is closed. This has been completely devastating for Dawn.
1: It's really hard to not have police support. I used to turn to them and be like, help me, you know, help me tell my son. And now I feel like, I don't know if it was ego or whatever. When they closed the case, it was like, do I give up? Do I give up now or do I keep going? And like my only alternative is to keep going because it doesn't go away. You don't have any other option. Like, I wake up and I have a picture on my wall of Chris taking his first step and he's reaching for me. And I look at that picture every day and I feel like my son is still reaching for me. And I have to get up every day, even when I feel like losing my mind, and I have to grab him. He fell. See, my son fell. I don't even call Vegas PD anymore because when I do, it's usually ridiculous what they tell me, the reasons why they close this case based on hearsay. Did you actually talk to my son or see him? No, you're going to close this case. Okay. So when I call, it affects my sanity to a different degree. I had to quit calling them.
0: Our skin has a huge effect on our confidence. If you have acne or noticing signs of aging, it can be frustrating to waste time and money on products that aren't formulated for you. That's why I recommend Curology. Curology makes personalized prescription skincare products. Curology's personalized prescriptions are formulated to treat your individual skin needs. They use a combination of three clinically researched ingredients, making it more effective than non-prescription cleansers and moisturizers alone. I tried it out myself and it's easy and I can't wait to get my first box. Just fill out a quiz about your skin, share photos, and a provider will prescribe a personalized formula based on your skin's unique needs. For a limited time, you can get your first Curology skincare box for just $5 when you go to curology.com slash vanished. Go to curology.com slash vanished for this free offer. That's Curology. C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y dot slash vanished. Trial is 30 days. Applies to your first box. Subject to consultation. New subscribers only. Let me guess, your medicine cabinet is crammed with stuff that doesn't work. You still aren't sleeping, you still hurt, and you're stressed out. That's how it was for me. So I cleared out my cabinet, and I'm excited to reset my health with CBD from CB Distillery. CB Distillery's targeted formulations are made from the highest quality clean ingredients. No fluff, no fillers, just pure, effective CBD solutions. Designed to help support your health. In two non-clinical surveys, 81% of customers experienced more calm. 80% said CBD helped with pain after physical activity, and an impressive 90% said they slept better with CBD. If you struggle with a health concern and haven't found relief, make the change to CB Distillery. And with over 2 million customers and a solid 100% money-back guarantee, CB Distillery is the source to trust. I have a 20% discount to get you started. Visit cbdistillery.com and use code VANISHED for 20% off. That's cbdistillery.com code VANISHED. cbdistillery.com When someone goes missing, it can be a struggle for families to decide what information to put out there for the public to hear. Some things can be deeply personal. Dawn knew that Chris was questioning his sexuality, but she didn't want to put it out there before because she felt like that was his secret to expose. But after they passed the one year anniversary of his disappearance, she felt like she can't keep protecting other secrets anymore. One of those secrets could be the key to solving this case. Some of these secrets expose Nikki's true colors.
1: At first, I was like, what do I expose? What do I don't? And I've been protecting destiny. But, like, my feelings now are, I can't keep protecting people. Like, I just have to be real. Going through this case in the last year, I've learned that Nikki has control. She has to have control of everybody in her life, whether it's a roommate, my son, Destiny. I really wanted to protect Destiny because I wanted to save my relationship with my grandson. But Nicole was blackmailing Destiny over some pictures that were taken when she was nine months pregnant. That's why Chris and Destiny broke up. My son found these messages and lost his mind. During the time when Nicole was here living with me, I started feeling sick to my stomach because my son had sent me the pictures of Destiny. So, like, I knew it was real. And I was like, oh, my God. It was the only time in my son's life when I knew he was truly heartbroken He didn't degrade her. He was like, mom, this hurts so much. And he was depressed and sad. Nicole arrived a week later. Like, she drove from Reno to Vegas. So I think my son had a loyalty to Nicole. Like, she picked up the mess for him, you know. Nicole, I think in her sadistic mind, thought that it was going to be her, Chris, and the baby. She told me she was telling Destiny that she was going to blackmail her on child pornography charges because she took pictures naked. And I'm like, I'm really dealing with some people that are in their 20s. Like, you guys are crazy. I was like, that's not child pornography. But I could see where Destiny would get scared. She had just met her new husband and wanted to move on and be happy. I love Destiny, and I promise to protect her. But at this point, my son was murdered for a reason. I believe like he's dead. I'm not bringing him home. So I didn't want to expose my son being gay. Those are things that your child comes to you, and you're like, I'll never tell a soul. Like, I love you. Like, I'll never tell anybody. Um, but after the one year mark, you know, in Destiny's defense, I can see, like, I remember I talked to her a lot back then and she was like, he works, like I'm lonely. I can recollect all that. And the way it was handled was not good. Destiny doesn't look good she was a good person and she was really good for my son and they loved each other, but they were in their twenties and it was kind of inevitable that this isn't working. I remember Nicole telling me I'm going to get her on child pornography charges. And I was like, who do you think you are? Who made you God? You know, like she, she, I think she knew that Chris still, Loved Destiny. And I think that if Nicole wouldn't have intervened, that Chris and Destiny would have been back together. They really loved each other.
0: Another thing that Dawn didn't reveal in part one is that Chris had contemplated getting involved in the pornography industry.
1: You know, right before Nicole came into the picture, my son sent me a picture of T.S. Boxy. Um, and said, look at this beautiful woman I met at the gym. And I was like, Christopher, look at her hands. I was like, that's a man. And so I was like, you need to really talk to her, like have a conversation. But again, it wasn't like a judgment call. I was just like, well, you need to really figure out what you're doing. He talked about doing tranny porn with T.S. Foxy. In the beginning of the case, When I flew to Vegas, I was very open with detectives about it. And Sergeant Burns, I told him, I said, well, you know, Foxy was recruiting my son. When I went on her website, it was, it's all like, meet this guy at the gym. Like, she was seriously recruiting people at the gym. And I think my son was naive to it. Right after him and Destiny broke up, his heart was broken. And he was like, I'm going to do, I think I'm going to do porn like with Foxy. And I was like, no, you're moving back to Reno. Like you're coming here. So he moved back. <laughs> and I was like, this is not happening. I just felt like he was so naive. You know, the promise of money in Vegas. And I was like, no, you're moving back. So he moved back. Sergeant Burns did question Foxy, and she states that she didn't hear from him for like a year.
0: You may be wondering why this is important to Chris's case. Well, when Dawn brought this up to Nikki, she made one of her most damning comments. In part one, Dawn mentioned a phone call that she had with Nikki, and Nikki stated that Dawn wouldn't find her son. Well, that wasn't the whole story.
1: There was a phone call between me and Nicole, which I, I brought up in episode one where I called and she had a man in the apartment. I didn't expose this at the time because I really, I was kind of giving stuff time, but I told her, I said, Nicole, were you mad that he wanted to have sex with a transvestite and not you? And she didn't answer me. And we got into this war because she had a man in her apartment. And I was like, there's no way that Chris would be okay. And she's like, oh, he's my friend from Reno Like, He's comforting me. So I said, were you mad that he wanted to have sex with a transvestite and not you? And then I went on a tangent and I said, Nicole, I'm going to find my son. I'm going to find out what happened. And she goes, no, you won't. And it was almost like a challenge. Like she was challenging me to like find out what happened because she straight up said, no, you're not going to find your son. And that's what really, that's what really motivated me was that conversation. Before then we were, Sergeant Burns had a PI looking into the sex trade, looking into a lot of different stuff. But when Nicole said that to me, I said, that's our killer. Like, that's who I'm lucky for.
0: Dawn explained why revealing all this has been such a struggle for her.
1: I knew my son was gay, but, like, I'm not going to... That was for my son to tell the world, not for me. And when your child tells you, Mom, keep the secret, I'm going to keep it. But we're getting to a point where we know Chris isn't coming home. He could have been killed because he was not clear... I don't, I feel like he wasn't clear about his sexuality, but I think he was getting ready to leave Nikki.
0: Some people may walk away from their friends and family if they aren't accepting of their sexuality, but that wasn't the case with Chris's family.
1: Yeah, my family is very unconditional, very accepting. And so I grew up in Reno I did unconventional stuff, like growing up here, like it was a party city, and my family never judged us. Chris knew. Chris knew I knew. I knew long before. I knew, and Chris knew, but we never really, it wasn't something that had to be talked about, because if you're a hateful person, and you're mean, and you're a bully, we might have a... Uh, opinion of you but being gay was not something that Chris ever would have been judged on so I think moving to Vegas was Nikki's idea I think isolating him was Nikki's idea it didn't go in her favor because I think Chris was like you know what I'm gonna find myself I just think that he was finding himself and my son could have called. He would have had a bus ticket, a plane ticket. Like he could have just called family and we would have been there in seven hours or had him on a plane that night. My family was very supportive. You know, I was raised being a free spirit and I think that my son embraced that and he It didn't matter, like, if you're with a man or a woman, as long as you're happy, like, we don't care as long as they treat you good. You
0: already know that Nikki has come up with many different stories regarding Chris's disappearance. Dawn has been working to track down people that can help her disprove these stories.
1: She said that she saw him in a Walmart in Reno with another woman. She said, um, before Nikki... My son was dating another woman from the gym named Maria. She's absolutely like striking. She was beautiful. And he sent me pictures. Look who I met today. Nicole stated, here's her life. Like he left to with the Bible. He went to the Carpenter's Union at 6 a.m. He committed suicide in January and I was planning the funeral. He took off with Maria. So, Everybody on Facebook, I was like, we need to find Maria. And we found her and she's newly married with a baby. She hasn't seen her. Every story that Nicole tells, I try and contradict it with the truth. I believe that Nicole thought as long as she places my son alive or dead, either way, she's going to calm the tension. It's going to take the attention off of her. I don't think she realized that Chris has kind of a crazy mom and I'm not stopping. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to stop. I'm everything that she says does. I'm going to contradict with the truth. When your podcast part one hit, we sent that to her family. My daughter, Ashley sent it to her sister And the reason that we sent it was to expose, if she's lying to us and her friends, she definitely has been telling her parents a lie too. So I wanted her parents to know exactly what was going on. So now she states, I distance myself from my family. I don't believe that. I think her family is Filipino and they're very, um, a good family and I think they're learning that she lied. And I think that she's becoming an outcast in her family because with every single lie that she said, I've contradicted. I send it to her family and all I want is answers. But my question is, why Why would her mom cover for her? I love my kids. Like, to the bottom of my heart, my kids are my whole entire world but if my son was being accused of murder or being a suspect, and I thought he was guilty, I would not cover for him. I, I wouldn't condone that behavior. And her mom states that she saw my son alive. So you're saying that my son was alive in Reno, Nevada at your house, but he hasn't contacted me or cousin Savannah or Christian or Ashley He's in Reno, but he just didn't contact us.
0: Going back to the police closing Chris's case based on the word of Nikki's mom, Dawn has been wondering why she would do this.
1: I met her mom and I met the dad. The dad mm. is extremely controlling. Um, him and Chris butted heads. That's why they moved in with me. They couldn't stay there anymore. So I did... The mom, the mom loves her kids and she loved baby Ryan. Like she was a good grandma and she took very good care of the baby. But I feel like when I envision it, the police officers rolled up on their house. And I believe at the time Nikki was living with her parents and they knock on your door at eight o'clock at night and they're questioning you about your daughter's integrity, I feel like she automatically had a response of the protective mom, like I'm gonna protect my kids. She didn't know if those police officers were gonna handcuff her daughter at that point. So she automatically, I think as a mom, which I don't judge her for it, I think maybe I would have that protectiveness too. But she lied, and it caused my son's case to be closed. The family, Nicole's family is very, it's very controlled by the father. I had no question of why Nicole was so screwed up. So when my free-spirited son moved in, with Nicole's family, I knew like I knew, it was a matter of time before my son and Nicole moved in with me. I was like, this is not working. <laughs> Eventually, I got the call from my son, and he was like, Mom, it's not working. I was like, just move you and the baby and Nicole in with me. The father is very, I think he's military, so he's very like, but you don't shame the family. The way that their family works is you don't shame us. So I think when I go back to her protecting her daughter, I think they're actually protecting like the family like. No family shame. So Nicole stated, "I've distanced myself from family, but I don't believe that. A part of me said, you're you're like the family shame. Once we sent the podcast to them, the family is now getting a clue. They're finding out all the lies that have happened. And I would love to talk to her mom or her dad.
0: A lot of the things that Nikki's done just look bad. Dawn has tried to look at this situation from Nikki's point of view.
1: I put myself in her shoes all the time. Because I want to make sure like, I'm not being too over crazy. So I put myself in her shoes. I had a fight with my kid's dad. And he he left. He was mad and he left. I'm not going to go file a report the next day. He's mad at me. We had a fight. I'm not going to file a police report. She did. And then it was like not contacting family for almost two weeks when he would be here. You're going to file a report when you have no idea. He could be at my house having brunch. And you don't know, but you're going to file a report. And then her throwing my son's stuff away.
0: Even though Chris's case has been closed, the hope is that we can get it reopened and some forensic testing can be done.
1: They've interviewed Nicole Wentz. Never search the apartment. I want the apartment searched. I want it luminol. I want, like, blood. I want... The car searched. Why? Like if it was their child, they would do it. It would have been done. Why was she so swift to move? And then she lied to our private investigator. Vegas Metro was going to pull her in for questioning. And she packed her stuff and moved back to Reno, stating that she was coming to Reno for some like anniversary or birthday or whatever and never came back. When you want to prove yourself innocent, you're going to be... But when she told me, like, get a warrant for a lie detector, I was like, you're so guilty right now. Who says that? If you're accusing me of, like, murdering the man I love, I'm going to take a lie detector. I'm going to be contacting Dr. Phil, and I'm going to be, like, on every news station. Like, you're not accusing me of murdering somebody I love. But she's the opposite. She went recluse.
0: After I interviewed Dawn for this part two, she posted about it on Facebook. That evening, Nikki started calling around frantically asking if they'd found Chris's dead body.
1: So I guess Nicole is still calling frantic. Um, you know, I make my Facebook page public. Any interviews, anything that's happening, I make it public. I want Nicole to see it. And Nicole is calling Sierra frantic, asking if we found the dead body. I guess Nicole is now freaking out. Again, everybody's like, what are you talking about? And what are you talking about a dead body, Nicole? I feel like Nicole feels backed into a corner. There's nowhere to go. Like her legs are exposed.
0: So, what happened to Chris Turner in August of 2016? Why would Nikki tell people that he committed suicide in January? Why has she made up all the other stories, too? What can we do to help get this case reopened? If you have any ideas that could help Dawn with his case, please feel free to reach out. At the time of Chris's disappearance, he was 6 feet 2 inches tall and weighed about 180 pounds. If you have any information about Chris's disappearance, you can submit a tip through the Find Chris Turner page on Facebook. That brings us to the end of episode 89. I'd like to thank Dawn for taking the time to come back on the show and give us some updates on Chris's case. If you have a missing loved one that you'd like to have featured on the show, there's a case submission form at thevanishedpodcast.com. You can find me on Facebook where there's a page and a discussion group, I'm on Twitter at The Vanish Pod and also on Instagram as The Vanish Podcast. Join me next time. I'll be discussing a case from North Dakota. Thanks for listening.
1: Ashley, my seventeen year old, called me. She was camping with her sister and her dad. And um, she goes, Mommy, I felt him. Like I felt his spirit and I don't think he's alive and I was like well now is your time to like start grieving we understand like we're not I can't I'm not one to tell my kids that their brother's dead I think that's the most horrifying like I'm not going to tell them that they have to feel it for themselves you know like I'm honest with my children and I tell them I have an interview. Like, I'm doing this podcast. Let's bring Bubby home. On his birthday, we sent the blooms up with prayers. For Ashley, That Bubby was... We called him Bubby. He had two nicknames. It was Bubby and Booker. He picked his nose a lot, like, as a kid. (laughs) So I nicknamed him Booker, and it was, like, stop picking your nose. But, like, I told Ashley you know, this is your time to grieve. Like, I don't know. She, like, just told me, like, I was camping and there was a fire and I just felt a spirit and it was, like, let it go. But it was her time to, like, figure it out. I've known. I've known since August 17th that my son's not coming home to me and that I'll never feel it. Like, I'll never feel tiny. Like, his hugs were the best. He never left without hugging me or saying, I love you. Even when he was irritated with me, like, whatever. he was just, like, the best son ever. My sons were five and six and they started having a pillow fight in my living room, like, throwing pillows. And there's an antique light on my living room wall and Chris threw a pillow at his brother they were like wrestling and it shattered and I remember not feeling mad like all we could do is laugh like really like you just broke my light um, but they were being like brothers and they were together and it was like I couldn't be mad at the broken light. I kept that light up until about three months ago, I finally looked at it and I was like, "It's time to replace it," you know. But I didn't want to replace the memory because that was like Chris was here. That was like his last last days here. He like he loved his siblings so much, and he was so protective. I know in my heart, my son wouldn't go a year without knowing what was happening.
0: And those plans are the opposite of quiet. Sing along to new favorite songs. Try your luck at Titanic tongue twisters. Have some fun with wondrous wordplay. And most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat Cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat Cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hatcast early and ad free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Wondery Kids Plus on Apple Podcasts today.